At Young and High, we specialize in cases of extreme snack delay. Our attorneys have a combined 60 years experience in helping victims of dilatory foodstuff syndrome get the restitution and justice they deserve. And we don't get a slice unless you do. Oh, God, that's good. Call the attorneys at Young and High right now, because after all, it's been like 45 minutes. Am I right? What the fuck? Call now. Everyone loves marijuana butter, but who has time to make it? All the mixing, melting, pouring, <laughs> giggling. I am paid actress Mary Fakanami, and this is the Bud Butter Buddy. The revolutionary invention that makes making marijuana butter more good. Look to right. With the Bud Butter Buddy, all you have to do is add butter and cannabis. The secret is our O-N button which activates the machine using the very electricity flowing through the walls of your home. Then kick back, light up a joint, and forget it for 30 minutes. What the fuck? The butter. The Bud Butter Buddy, available at these crappy ass stores. Looking for a revolutionary shaving experience? Try Canafoam, the first ever cannabis-infused shaving cream. Canafoam's unique blend of emollients, moisturizers, and THC transforms your straight, rigid, inflexible ah, facial hair we will into docile, tranquil strands of compliance double two days to offer resistance to the blade. Great. Shave with the grain, against the grain, or just tell the hair there's something cool you saw in the sink. Let's go. You'll be rewarded with the closest shave you've ever had. Sexy. <laughs> oh my god, you touched my face. <laughs> Canafoam. Available wherever cannabis shaving products are sold. When the tornado hit, it was pretty devastating. Everything we had was gone. Even with our insurance, we knew it would take a while to get life back to normal. Well, we were anxious and scared. We needed to get high. Within a few hours, Pot Farmers was here with two weeks worth of emergency joints, lighters, and bombs. No questions asked. And like, good weed. Oh yeah, primo. Not that trim shit. Thank you. It was really reassuring to suddenly understand that what happened to us was an infinitesimal ripple in the ocean of time. Plus, I got my appetite back. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> it's so funny. I don't know what the future holds. Nobody does. But it's nice to know we don't have to face it fully. Where are the kids? <laughs> That was a word from our sponsors here at The Edge. Uh, make sure to patronize each and every one of them. Uh, they need your money and your THC. Ah. We, we are back here live. Um, studio line is open, like I said, 415-550-0511. I actually have to uncover the piece of paper to look at it still. It's Lies. been a year. It's Lies. been a year. Yes. Sadie, I remember it. The new oh, happy anniversary. Yeah, now I was told by... Um, uh, mistress is actually in November, but you know this is our 52nd show, which means Ooh. 52 weeks, which Ooh. means a year. So we've done a year here. Yeah. Um, so we would love you to go out to iTunes and please just subscribe. That's all we ask. Subscribe to the Edge of Insanity. It's free. Push that button, baby. Yeah. Push the big gray button. You'll get every one of the podcasts with Patrick Carlin, as well as the rest of the Edge crew here. Um, and I know, I know, not everyone's an iOS user. That's right. That's why we thought of you, you Androids out there. You can go on to Stitcher and TuneIn apps and do the same. Just hit the subscribe button and get this current podcast as well as everyone Love from the past and coming into the future. Wow. Robot. It's like a crystal ball into the future. So great. Yeah. So great. So definitely subscribe to us. Why? We need the money. We don't get money for that shit. Do no, we, we don't. But no. we, we just... Well, one of these days... We like the attention. Yeah, so... no. We one don't. of these days. Yeah, so please. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Polly. Thank so, you. Happy anniversary, darling. Yeah, happy Woo! anniversary to you too, dear. Thank you. Happy thank anniversary you. to you, Happy crew. anniversary. Thank you guys for hanging in there and uh, playing <laughs> bubble back I'm gonna or whatever. Thank What's you later. Doing? I'm guessing, hold on. This is the time of the show. She can't change her phone. We have to guess what she's doing. I'm going to guess she's looking at videos on YouTube. No, lies. I'm playing Diamond Dash. Okay. You are all wrong. You are so, oh, so It looks like so it looks like Diamond Dash. I'm so sorry. No, it's Candy no, Crush. No, it's not Diamond Dash. No, it's toys. Oh. Toys. Toys. Ah. Oh my God. Uh, only the best game. for our. Group. I still play uh, Angry Birds. You That's like Angry Birds? Kind of yeah, I started playing that again. Have you seen the again. movie? No. Oh my God. I should watch Netflix that. And watch the movie. Huh? You should totally go on Netflix. Watch the it's Angry Birds yet. movie. It is. Oh, okay. I'll have to yes. search for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angry yeah. Birds movie on Netflix. I'm telling you, babe. Yeah. Yes. That shit's blowing up. I love it. Bomb. We love that guy. He's a great character. <laughs> <laughs> He's the bomb. The, bomb, the, the bomb. blackbird. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, so here's a little tidbit that I picked up this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, a little how to not. Uh, piss off kitten at the end up. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yes. So every time we pass the end up, Brandon <gasps> goes, Is she there? <laughs> it depends and on I, the time. You know what I tell him every time I go, what? No matter what? what, she's got her end up. Uh, <laughs> oh, and how down? cute yeah. you are. You're so adorable. <laughs> or, yeah. hey, or just you go back down. She's always got her end up. Yeah. She's yeah. always right there. Where it's she okay. Needs it. I on mean, the like, corner of what? What is it? Uh, the corner of happy and healthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I get checked regularly. Hey! Hey, you just uh, did. No, did you look at you. that? I did, I did. Yeah. They, they how, how did that? Out. Kaiser Permanente. Has a whistle. Did you really look or are you no, lying? I didn't look. You're such a fucking liar. Ah, I didn't want to look. But you fucking bullshit. You hey, but you fucking bullshit. That's right. In the next hour, we're actually going to read Paul's colonoscopy report. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like, what's really going on here? Why is this a secret? Like, hi. Like, what are you hiding from? I have to have a biopsy. Is it cancer or it's not? Is it cancer or is it not? Yeah, see? Or is it good living? So what's happening with you? Because that's what... Can you? Can you open that? You're wearing a Hello Kitty shirt today. Hey, let's make a deal. Hey, let's make a deal. Live listeners, let's hear it. Let's make a deal. Paul Brumbaugh opens the test results and Kit Marie will go and get her Is It Cancer or Not biopsy. Do we have a deal? Do we have a deal? Pinky swear. Pinky swear. You you heard it here. Live on the edge, folks. We have the pinky. pinky. I'm ripping it off. All right, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. I like it, but don't lie to me. What is it doing? Oh, I can't. Okay, good. Yeah, I like that. No, you can't. That would be so weird and inappropriate, Paul. That would be so weird and inappropriate. That's so inappropriate. Thank God it's okay for you. Oh, yes. And that's the joy of being a woman. She's playing baseball. I have breasts. (laughs) All you have is a chest. What the fuck is that? All right, so we got to have you contribute something to today's show other than your big mouth No, I didn't finish my story. Okay, so how did not... Piss too. off, uh, kitten, at the end of. Uh, yeah, let's oh, not wait, do that. Oh, we never did here. How so do you piss off, story. kitten, at the end of? Okay, so, guys, cut the shit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I am the most open-minded motherfucker out there, but when I've been working all night and what the fuck ever, and I come to the end of, and I have to pee, I do not want to go to the women's restroom and have the door shut and have four, not one, two, three, four, four boys, four boys, four fucking boys in my stall when I go pee. That I have, I don't know what the fuck they (laughs) were doing in there, but I know I have to pee. And that's her fucking stall. That's my fucking stall. Oh, maybe. Her go to the bathroom and maybe, stall. It's her maybe, stall. maybe. I'm only fucking myself, but fuck that. That's my right, and that's my stall. So if you boys could please evacuate the premises that I don't have to take my fucking boxing dukes out on the door, and you walk out looking at your feet. Just mark yes, the, you should. Just you mark the stall with your here, name. And I said, you get the fuck out of the motherfucking bathroom, and I punched that shit out of the door, and they walked out looking at their shoes. Yes, yes. One, two, three three four boys i just thought there was two no there was four boys in that stall in the women's restroom and there was yes and there was no tp left what the hell (laughs) big faux pas in kitten's corner big faux pas maybe they're actually women i don't know no they weren't (laughs) i i I definitely saw a lot of that's the thing with brandon every time he san francisco he has such a jaded view of san francisco he saw somebody with the flag he goes it's a march it's a protest. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It no. says try our new burrito. Come in. No. Yum 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 yum. yum. No protest. <laughs> there's no. No, seriously. Yes. And then, and, yeah. he, and then he goes, oh, there's there's two guys. Well, they must be gay. No. No. They're not. Oh, but. I didn't say one's that. One's a fireman, one's a, uh, uh, <gasps> one's ooh, a policeman. Ooh, ooh. Oh, right. That's you're, another you're thing. You're right. He is gay. <laughs> That's, so. another <laughs> That's another thing. What? Okay. So, apparently, there is an issue. <laughs> okay, sorry. That makes me giggle. Okay. So, apparently, there was an issue happening at the end of where the fireman did have to come in. And they oh. walked through the back door <laughs> down the aisle. I swear. I'm not making this up. All the gay boys snapped their necks like, oh, do we have fireman strippers? It was so crazy. 
<laughs> but really yeah yeah they're like oh, 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 oh it was so crazy but hilarious but again seriously that bathroom stall was so small it was like a clown car four grown super muscular boys coming out of that stall was like stupid crazy to me like blow my mind again and pick up your dick and where's my teepee <laughs> and, and by the way what are we doing what are we dressing up as for halloween yeah am i gonna be you and you're gonna be me this year <gasps> that's what i asked is that okay <laughs> is that okay <laughs> can we do that <laughs> i've been reassigned <laughs> i ha- i actually a- i got asked three times tonight if my boobs were real or fake and can someone touch them <laughs> That, like, oh, so, so hold okay. on. That's the yeah. easiest. That's the easiest in. Yeah, yeah. Is those it? aren't real. No <laughs> way. You can tell those are fake. No, they're real. Go ahead and feel them. Yeah, <laughs> not not how it worked out. Actually, I slapped the motherfucker, and he said I didn't touch him, and I said that's what you get for thinking about it. Oh, that's what happens so. with me all the time. I'm at the club. I'm sitting there dancing with my tight pants on. Girls go, that ain't real. You're, sure, go ahead and feel it. Your junk, you mean? Yeah, my junk. Oh. My junk. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I know it says hefty on the side, but you don't have to call it junk. Hefty, hefty, hefty. This is hefty, yeah. and on the other side, it says yeah. paper products. No, on the other side, it says paper or plastic. <laughs> <laughs> don't be glad, be mad. No, wait, don't be mad, be glad? Yeah, that's it. I don't Aww. know. Fuck it, anyway. Um, so don't we be got mad. From- oh, well, I know it. Don't be mad, get glad. No. Yeah. Yes, that's the saying. That is crazy. Boop. Yeah. Brendan Wade. <laughs> no, Put your finger spot there. Oh, 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 okay. Oh. All right. So, uh, check this out. <laughs> Man, I need, uh, I need some of that, too. I need a little sex on fire. This is the Kings of Leon here on the edge. We'll be back after <laughs> this with the 420 shout-out, folks. <laughs> yeah.
We are done because you wanted me to go get my phone and start texting or no, tweeting. No, I wanted you, you to wanted us results. to tweet. You wanted us to tweet. That's right. Go to the Edge of Insanity 7 and tweet any questions that you got for us. Plus, you can... Uh, How many toes do you have? Or call in or ask anything you want. <laughs> yeah, you could call in. How no, many you did can't. you lose to Frostbite? No, you, you only can't. You only get one question. You can call it, in. <laughs> All right. You got, uh, we got a couple minutes till Patrick's here. I do want to play him a song. We usually play him Sublime, Smoke Two Joints. But what we're going to do while I take my 420 shout out, I got to get ready for this. Um, please cue <gasps> me up for something, folks. Here's a little sublime for you, but it's something a little different. We'll try this, all right? Oh, wow. Ooh. What's going on here? Some spiritual music. Oh, I know it's going spiritual, yeah. Here we go. I swear sometimes you're taking me for granted. I swear sometimes you're poor. I swear, but I know there ain't no reason. Cause everything is such a Motherfucker, you biting it, shit.
All right, we're back live in studio. No, it's okay. I'm not going to blow yet. Come on back in. I'm sorry. That's Why? just. I was ready to sit on my laptop, too. That would have been cute. Now, no. I'm looking at... Uh, I'm looking at the board here in, in Mutiny Radio, and there's so many dust bunnies and so many things happening on this board. Like, there's actual bunny on here. There's it's an ridiculous. actual bunny. There's two bunnies or three bunnies or 20 bunnies that are fucking on this oh board. Oh, my God. But we're back here. We're live. It's uh, 420 on the right coast. And as far as I'm concerned, it is 420 on the left coast. Joining us, usually live from WDST in upstate New York. But right now, he's just chilling in his home studio, probably smoking one. Give it up for our boy, Patrick Carlin, everybody. Hey, Patrick. Woo! How you doing, everybody? Good, good. good. What's happening with you, Patrick? Brandon and you and Christine. Yeah, we got Kitten here. and we also Hi, got, Patrick. We also got Hi, Matt Kitten. hanging with us, too. Who else? We got Matt, we got our buddy Matt's hanging with us. Okay. He's just watching me medicate. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, man. Somebody yeah, has to monitor me when I medicate, Patrick. Somebody there has to monitor me. There a bunch of people going to get a group together in L.A. called the Medicated Ladies. Oh, there you go. And that's when Chronic was first coming around, and they were into Chronic, man. Right. Now, that's that's it. it, it it's funny, but now it's becoming, it's, it's becoming acceptable. It's no longer the stigma, buddy. Isn't oh, that kind of no. cool? Oh, no. Yeah, never was in the proper circles, you know. Right. Just for the, I love the people who were so, uh, had it in such a weird spot and made it so evil and stuff like that. That was just comedy time, like that Reefer Madness movie and shit like that. Yeah, like the, the thing we usually play for you. They thought everybody was crazed. If they smoke a little bit of the dope, they were crazed. Oh, yeah. That's funny <laughs> stuff. That's all propaganda bullshit. Oh, yeah, and... Nahas and those guys that Nixon had, I mean, it was, it was fucking comical, you know. And uh, it, you just had to fly above it. You had to stay eight miles high, as they say, and uh, cruise above the storms. Right. So what's going on in your world, on your side of the country? Well, nothing much except, like I say, it's harvest time, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so great because uh, guys just give you stuff to see how you like it and this and that and it's a very nice and a very social you know yeah so that that makes me happy and then the thing that makes me unhappy you see every life is a balance man uh they take these fucking pumpkins and they mm. shoot them here and there and they they do all that kind of shit and they drop them off you know that's chow man uh i hope that they take the smashed shit and give it to people to make pumpkin pie and shit yeah. like that out of because it's a good food. It's a great food. Yeah, you know. I love pumpkin Who would waste pie? a pumpkin? Yeah, no. It, it, like you said, it's harvest season. And that's why we have these big harvest moons in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Okay. But you know what? It makes me sad because it's not only harvest for food and stuff like that and the things we need to survive, but it's also harvest time for outdoor cannabis. Oh, that's that's what I meant. Yeah. That, but uh, Yeah, but it, it, it's sad. Shit. You know that in that in California we're having all these fires, correct? Oh yeah, a lot of it got wiped out, didn't it? Yeah, let's let's go to our edge reporter out there in the field. Let's see what he has to say. Just a second. Yeah. My name is Marcos Morales, and I'm a co-founder of the Legion of Bloom. And right now we've been going through uh, the toughest fires that I've seen in Noma, Sonoma County. I've been here for a decade now, and I've never seen anything like this. Wildfires across California are devastating cannabis farms. 
destroying crops and dying barns on over 30 properties in California that growers depend on to survive. Ah, I mean, the loss is this entire farm for the most part, you know. Uh, we have a lot of bills to pay, a lot of employees, so whatever right. we salvage can hopefully pay that part of the overhead. Um, but the entire farm for this year is a loss. And because marijuana is still illegal under federal law, growers can't have a crop insurance on their property to cover the millions of dollars in damages to their property, yeah, not just the plants. We're easily talking tens of millions. Um, yeah, we, we don't have an estimate yet. Yeah. We, we've started yeah. documenting and cataloging the direct impacts, folks who lost crops directly to flames. But what we haven't even started looking at is the amount of smoke damage that might be out there. Yeah, yeah. And so now we're worried about certain cannabis crops being uh, tainted, you know, um, because sure. we have to work about worry about uh, agricultural issues with it now. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. What a horror story, man! Absolutely. You know, and we depend on that. A lot of us Californians, and even in the other the other states, really look to California for their pot. Oh yeah, and, and like they say, other people work on it and everything like that. And even when it used to be illegal out your way, when the, when the Nazi stormtroopers would come in to destroy the crops up in Humboldt and shit, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. they were they were fucking up the car dealerships and shit where them fucking hippies had come down and order a new four wheel rig at the end of the harvest season. You know, right. Yeah. Now, but the, but there's ignorant assholes out there still. You even though the stigma's kind of gone, we still got people like this Kentucky governor that trots out the old lie about people overdosing on marijuana. <laughs> Did you hear about this fucking idiot? No. This guy doesn't know shit, Patrick. I'll tell you fucking right now. This is the governor of Kentucky. Kentucky said on Tuesday that his state will never legalize marijuana because. Of all the non-existent, well, I call it non-existent, all the overdoses it has caused, okay? Uh, uh, this uh, is uh, Governor Matt Bevin speaking uh, to Edge uh, reporter, shot down a follow Republican's proposal to legalize and regulate and tax sales of marijuana. Uh, the state Senate said that they argued last week that such a move could help pull the state out of its pension crisis. Oh, yeah. But instead of addressing the issue with research and facts, Bevin pushed the hysteria button. This guy's an yeah. idiot. Oh, if you fucking go on Google and say, deaths by marijuana, it yeah. will fucking explode. You can't Man, put something way, into Google and not have a result except you. for that shit. Is, is if you're out in the in the fucking barn and a, and a forty pound bale falls off a fucking uh, that's how you get off, killed off the hayloft and hits you in the fucking head you might die from that uh, yeah that's about it but oh, yeah know, but if you're funny. sinking out in the middle of Bodega Bay and you're ready to go down for the third time and a bale comes up and you're able to oh. grab it and float to shore that yeah, fucking same yeah. bale it just saved save you your life bro. I got to tell you that it's so funny the way people ad advertise. You know, they're not happy to just be ignorant. They have to get out there and advertise it and say, look at what a dumb fuck I am, like this guy. Now, he's from Kentucky. He's the governor of Kentucky. So, number one, if you're the governor of, of a place, you should know the fucking people. Now, the Kentuckians I know and that I've met and shit like this, uh, they were always into moonshining. They're not big people for getting with uh, government stuff and shit like that and regulation. And, you know, they're not into that. 
and it's just in their fucking genes. And they've been moonshining even while bourbon is being made, and Jim Beam and fucking uh, the other guy, Jack Daniels mm-hmm, and shit. Mm-hmm. Even though the legitimate stuff is made, the moonshiners still do their fucking thing. And this guy's from the governor of Kentucky, so he should know. And you can even buy old issues of High Times and shit and mm-hmm. see what wonderful shit these people are growing down there. Come oh, on, yeah. man. No, Just it's crazy, but like Kentucky I said... doesn't mean you own a fucking racehorse. A lot of these people live in the fucking hills and shit, and they're good fucking people, mm-hmm. and they got a right to grow good reefer. And if the governor thinks it's... Uh, a fucked up thing well fuck the governor he's fucked up no and there's other people out there too you know they say every 40 they say say they say on an average of one person gets arrested for marijuana every 48 seconds so by the time i tell you this even the states that continue to push recreational marijuana use reform in 2016 saw a shocking increase in drug arrest with marijuana marijuana arrests on the forefront how bad is it by the time I actually finish telling you this, somebody's already been cuffed for some weed-related charge. That's right. This is all new data released by the FBI Uniform Crime Report. That's right. The UCR on Monday gives a breakdown of the estimated number of total arrests in 2016. You want to guess among the data and drug abuse violations which saw more than 1.5 million people arrested, up nearly 100,000 more arrested from 2015. Now this is fucking ridiculous. This is a drug that has actually been shown to have some medical benefits, benefits and attributes to it. Yeah. But then they're arresting people. Okay. Yeah, a, the, our federal government says leave it up to our a states. Wasted effort and a waste of jurisprudence and all. Right. And it was set up back in a bogus trip by uh, by uh, Nixon. Right. And it was purely to sabotage the hippies. And at the same time that uh, crack and heroin were laced into the inner cities to sabotage the uh, African-American community. And it was an actual plot by these people. So uh, they, they still manipulate the unwary and the ignorant. And that's their base. And uh, they'll be with that for you. I mean, you've got people out there who believe the earth is 5,000 years old. What, what kind of a conversation can you have with a fucking person like that? Oh, I know. You, you can't. They're ignorant. It's like trying to talk to a Republican nowadays. <laughs> they don't fucking understand. Well, okay, we have the right to bear arms, but let's give it to every fucking psycho motherfucker there is so we can give them a gun to get him into a fucking hotel in the middle of fucking Vegas so he can take out 400 fucking people. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he's, he's you know, there's the war on drugs, there's the war on this, there's the war on that. Apparently, this guy's taking the war on us. You I know, any crazy motherfucker that can walk in and get a gun. Yeah. But you know what? They're going to deny if that guy had actually survived that attack and actually had survived, he would have gotten medical Oh, he'd be in the weight room right now working out. Right. So yeah. he would be protected. Everything would be fine. Oh, um, he's lucky he we, fucking we died in that hotel it. room. I'm, I'm not for that. I'm for the death penalty, and I'm for it quick and easy. Yeah. Well, you got the guy with the smoking gun and shit like that. Fuck and the suitcase full of guns. Shit, not appeal shit. He may be a fucking nut shit. If he's a fucking nut, kill the prick anyway. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Fuck that. He should have been under some kind of control. 
So I'm for instant uh, instant retaliation. So I'm you like what that security you. guard did? Took him out. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. I got no sympathy for fucking Shoot first, ask like questions later. No shit. I mean, because otherwise it would have been in court for years. You know, they're still dealing with um, yeah. this girl from like five or six years ago that actually drove across the country, killed her boyfriend, then drove back and lied about it. Uh, Jody yeah. Arias, she's getting another fucking trial. Why are we fucking wasting money on these fucking people? Well, because we're assholes. Why Why are we worried whether lethal injections hurt uh, murderers or not? when a perfectly good fucking firing squad is available or a fucking noose. You know, <clears throat> fuck that shit, man. Uh, no, I'm glad that we're here to keep the fucking stuff real, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. So that's why I fucking like to resort. I, I, I don't like to have one foot in the old days and one foot in, uh, real, in today, but, man, it keeps me a little bit sane thinking about the stuff of yesteryear, dude. Oh, yeah. Yesteryear, people knew what was shaking, man. We had a couple of guys that fucking killed a guy down in the docks back in the 30s. Right. And six months later, they were sitting in the electric chair up in Sing Sing. And there you go. Amigo. There's still... Uh, that was it. And the, and the guys who were breaking the law knew that shit. They, everybody knew that, and it was, it was part of the scene, and, and you accepted that shit and worked with it. Uh, some of the primitive ways are, are still pretty fucking good. I think a stick shift still is a hell of a lot better thing than a fucking hydromatic. No, and I and I think, and, it, and it's it's funny because I think about your brother, I think about George's bit where he did the thing about um, they basically will not give people uh, injections anymore for putting them to death because they'll get, they'll get an infection and they'll sue the yeah. state. Yeah, yeah. You know, a dirty needle. Uh, from That's the dirty needle. Beautiful. They think it's unhumane. Well, think about the, yeah. the act that he, they he did to get saw, in that chair. He always saw the, 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 the fucking absurdity of the human fucking species. He saw that. And, and it is absurd. And if you take a cosmic look at this fucking globe that's going around the sun and doing its fucking thing and having autumn right now because of the tilt of the fucking axis of it and shit, it's not a mystery thing. It's been around four and a half billion fucking years. Right. For 160 million of those years, the dinosaurs ruled the planet and ate vegetation and shit all over everything and ate more vegetation and did more shitting. And then they all got wiped out when the big asteroid hit and nothing could grow. And uh, the little ferret that later became humans uh, was able to scrape by. And uh, we've been around 200,000 years. That's, that's a blink of an eye, a blink of an eye on a cosmic scale. And... Uh, this planet will fucking doesn't care about us. We we can only we're like a Donald Trump. We think the world revolves around us, and it doesn't. Even when Copernicus and these motherfuckers got these uh, telescopes and saw shit and found out that we circled the fucking sun, you still had the Mother Church. Right. And shit like that, who just wanted to deny that shit. They called Galileo a fucking heretic, and this poor prick was in hell for 300 years before they finally recanted on that and sprung him, if you <laughs> believe in that hell shit and those other mysterious fucking fables. We're, the species that we're a member of is, a, is the biggest puzzle to me 
of anything that I can think of. I mean, it's all right to be ignorant of shit, but then when people show you that your beliefs are just superstitious, religious fucking dogma and shit, and they show you physical evidence of how things have evolved, and you persist in not wanting to see that, to me that's willful ignorance. Right. Willful ignorance I just can't accept. No, I agree, I agree. And and, and like some... You know, your brother used to say some people are stupid. I think it's grown from that. All people are stupid at this point. A lot of people are stupid. I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I said that your brother used to reference some people are stupid. Now they're all stupid, it seems, or a lot of them are. Oh, yeah, a lot. Not all. But it's growing. But the population Not all of us, Paul. Not all of us, but a lot of us. Speak for yourself. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'll speak for myself. I'm unmedicated right now. Sorry. (laughs) Whammy. Whammy. So, (laughs) what are you smoking today, Patrick? Tell us what the flavor you savor. uh, No name. No name. And it's out there, man. Yeah? Uh, That's the beauty of it. You know, people just doing their thing. Uh, I'm all in favor of that shit. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. No, I, I like it. Like you said, it's crop time. My, you know, let's make some new flavors as we go. Yeah, and let's hope these guys that had that trouble out your way uh, can bounce back from that shit. Yeah, all, all those farmers, not just the pot farmers. I mean, everybody oh, that's everyone, been displaced. Yeah. Right. The fucking vineyards, even for the people that can drink wine and not mm-hmm. turn into a fucking super asshole. Yeah. Or get a major headache. Yeah. Kudos to you guys. Wine. And he was this morning. He was talking about a Chardonnay and the difference between a French one and an American. Mm. And all wine ever meant to me was, what's the alcoholic content of that fucking bottle? And uh, get into it. And you know, I used to drink shit like that was called Spaniata and fucking uh, Thunderbird. Right. You know, the, awful the, shit. Exactly. And, uh, the twist off cap that you drink out of. Because it got you fucking drunk. Uh, so I was never a wine connoisseur. And, no, it uh, sounds like the stuff you drink out of a paper bag and you, you twist off the top, uh, right? Oh, yeah. When we were Here's in the airport, we like went to town one night and we bought a bottle of Tokay and a bottle of Muscatel. Right. I'll tell you where we were, you know? Right. No, that's different. I, I, what was it? Uh, what was it? Um, uh the first thing I ever kind of did that was bad is I took a keg of cold duck. And it was cold duck. And I was like, oh, well, it's alcohol. And so I stole it from the old Circle Star Theater where people like, you know, like Sammy Davis and stuff used to play. Oh, okay. And so I took it out of the back of there. We took it over to a, a creek bed. We opened up the keg. We started drinking it. But it was one of those ones where you attach... Uh, seltzer water to another keg and then you attach the other one with the cold duck so it was cold duck syrup but no alcohol i think it no it had alcohol it just tastes like maple syrup or ass oh, wow. yeah yeah and it was nasty oh i'll bet but it sure did get you drunk it was like drinking cough syrup or something that tasted oh, yeah, like cold or the fernet hey be nice Okay, guys, I'm going to like Fernet. There you go. That's what Kitten likes to drink is Fernet. It tastes like shoe polish. Oh, all right. Well, she or can like, manage it. Yeah. It's, hey, be enlightened, okay? In we were on Mouth duty wash. one time uh, unloading the barges because the barges oh would come in up there like in July and August and you had to unload, you know, 
fuel and shit like that. And there was a, a drum on there of 190 proof alcohol that had not been denatured. Oh. And uh, when this kid told me that, he was a medic. He had been a medic, and some amphetamines had disappeared and shit. So the next oh. thing they knew, he was stationed up, and they said, all the fuck up, up to Alaska. <laughs> right? And, uh, so yeah. we, we kicked this fucking 55-gallon drum of 190, we called it. We kicked it off the truck before it got back to the base from where the where the barges would mm. come in. And, uh, oh, man, that thing was sounding hollow when, when I rotated later in uh, uh, October. Right. We really <laughs> got into that. And we shared. We shared with hey, everyone. Hey, sharing All is caring. have to pour a little of that in a fucking uh, um, thing of grapefruit juice. And down it would go. And some of them southern boys... One boy from Missouri, we gave him a, a, a trip, and he just drank that sucker down, and he said, oh, just like white mules. So, I mean, wow. Mm. I've, I've seen some crazy motherfuckers. No, I, I agree. I agree. So we've got a couple more minutes left in podcast. Um, so now what else has happened? We've had we've had one disaster, disaster after another. Our, our, our president... Or a, pre- a president, I like mm. to call him, is sure. basically doesn't even realize that places like Puerto Rico are part of the United States. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said he was talking to the president of Puerto Rico. Isn't that something? Yeah. That, that's hilarious, right? He must have been talking to himself. Well, he uh, does that a lot. He has those voices in his head like a lot of uh, us do. I got they it. sound like yeah. Woody Woodpecker. We are we <laughs> the laughing stock of the world, you guys. Well, it's funny because well, look at this. We we elected Donald Trump. No, we okay, did so not. Rephrase. Us, we lot, did okay, not. A lot of us elected Donald the Trump. People did. People yeah. elected. People Donald. did. Thank but you. But what I'm saying is they were they were pissed off at the establishment. The wrong people. No, oh, wait, hold yeah. on. Let me let me finish. They were pissed off at the establishment. They'd seen what government's done to us with big business. I mean, this goes yeah. back, I mean, decades and decades before any of us were alive. The government's been fucking us from day one. Um, and, and so we decided, or a lot of us decided, not me, a lot of us people, decided to... People, just say people. People elected this guy because they thought, okay, this is our last chance. Well, now they realize their mistake and we are the kind of the laughing stock, the joke of the world, oh, because absolutely. because That's here cool. we were, you know, you look yeah. back 30 but years like, ago. You know, like Christine and Kitten say, uh, we didn't elect. Yeah, the, we the did not. Please be clear. Either. Be clear. Ooh. Yeah, actually, three million more Americans voted against him than for him. Thank sure. you. Sure. And, uh, thank and they, you. And they never pursued yeah, that, which is Hillary's done. fault. He's a usurper, they would call him back in the Middle Ages. A usurper. He just With that tan, he, he could be a surfer. Really be there. And uh, it's, uh, it's something to, worth watching and something worth remedying. We should be getting into all this anti-cyber shit. I don't know, or an assassination. computers when they do something wrong. Uh, and there's ways to do that, man. No, uh, I know. Very and, big and they, guns. they talked about how much they're influencing these it. Kids who play these games and turn their ass loose, have our own fucking troll rooms, and troll the Russian shit, and fuck mm-hmm. their banks up, and fuck their people up. 
<laughs> well, we have enough. We have enough resources. We have Silicon Valley. Outside with a guy. Uh, we could build a wall. Yeah, he wants to take down that wall. No you're way. A fucking idiot. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I 100% agree, man. So, uh, you know, guys, we're getting that time. We somehow did not get Dan Zalas on the show for the second time. He's, yeah. He's had his second strike. Wah, wah, wah. Dan is okay and everything's fine. We'll definitely catch up with him soon. I'll be grabbing a track from him. And playing it on a show in the next couple of weeks if we don't have them in house. Um, we also have had. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, uh, right. We've also <laughs> just been hanging out doing what we do. Um, who else have we talked to today? We haven't talked to anybody today, have no. we? Right? No. It's just been us. Our sexy, sexy just, selves. Just us. There you go. It's been cool meow, hanging out with Matt meow, again. Meow. He's always been the silent partner back there, but he's hanging out. Thanks, Matt, for hanging out. Go ahead and yell something, dude. My pleasure. Yeah. There you go. So Matt's been hanging out with us. We love that. Uh, Mistress yes, we do. out there been taking care of business. I'm ready to go out there and uh, medicate for our San Francisco viewers. I'm ready to go. Um, uh-huh. we, did, we did call... BLG, which is Be Legally Green. Uh, we're telling you now. Get your shit together. Get yeah. your shit yeah. together. This is all about I customer service. If we can't even verify that someone has a wreck, why in the or fuck would we get a Or renew my goddamn license, <laughs> motherfucker. So we, want you to go to, so we want you to go to the other place that we mentioned earlier. Um, they're at whatever in Mission. We gave yeah. you the address Whatever earlier in the show. Mission. Rewind. Uh, we also got relief for your your favorite cannabis club here. So at, it's good. It's at 9th Mission. So I'm going to go see them maybe afterwards. They have $25 eighths all day long on Sunday. You can pick whatever flavor you want. All day, baby. Star dog. All day. You can spin Star the magic. Dog. You can spin the magic wheel for five dollars and see if you get a dab or a joint. That's a pretty good deal. Oh, how nice! Very cool. So check out Relief Beautiful. at Ninth and Mission. Every spin's a win, baby. Uh, oh, also, know. our 420 shout out was brought to you today by the people at Live and the Punchline. Check right out the Punchline in San right Francisco has been bringing you comedy for decades. For decades, and we've been giving out tickets to things like Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Dat Fan, Sunday Night uh, Showcase. We've been giving out tickets like crazy. So go check out the people at LiveNation.com, and uh, they can tell you what's going on here at the Punchline of San Francisco. Patrick, you know we love fucking hanging out with you, buddy. We love it. Hi, yeah. Marlene. We love you. West Coast. There you go. So now I'm going to play a little bit of your little bro, and I've got a couple things here. The first one. I ain't afraid of cancer. Hell no, baby. Bring that biopsy on. But first, we're going to bring you the latest disaster. Keep standing up, San Francisco. Thank you, Patrick. We love you. We love you. Hi, Marlene. We'll see you next week. Stay tuned for Mike Spiegelman's. Speaks. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. What movie, baby? What do you say to a naked lady? Naked lady? lady? There you go. I think you say. So don't go Come away. Here, baby. We are so cross talking. <laughs> Bye guys. Well, we'll see you next week, guys. All right. You All love right. it. <laughs> the latest disaster for the rest of the universe is that the United States is going to go to Mars. Okay? Oh yeah. We're going to go to Mars, and then of course we're going to colonize deep space with our microwave hot dogs and fake vomit, plastic dog shit, cinnamon. Down- Hey, 
Because I'm an American and I expect a little cancer in my food and water. Now, time for me to get a little drink of water. Figure this stuff is safe to drink? Huh? Actually, I don't care if it's safe or not. I drink it anyway. You know why? Because I'm an American and I expect a little cancer in my food and water. That's right. I'm a loyal American, and I'm not happy unless I've let government and industry poison me a little bit every day. Let me have a few hundred thousand carcinogens here. Ah, little cancer never hurt anybody. Everybody needs a little cancer, I think. It's good for you. Keeps you on your toes. Besides, I ain't afraid of cancer. I had broccoli for lunch. Broccoli kills cancer. A lot of people don't know that. It's not out yet. It's true. You find out you got some cancer, get yourself a fucking bowl of broccoli. That'll wipe it right out in a day or two. Cauliflower, too. Cauliflower kills the really big cancers. The ones you can see through clothing from across the street. Broccoli kills the little ones. The ones that are slowly eating you away from inside while your goddamn goofy half-educated doctor keeps telling you, you're doing fine, Jim. In fact, bring your doctor a bowl of broccoli. He's probably got cancer, too. Probably picked it up from you. They don't know what they're doing. It's all guesswork in a white coat. Here, let me have a few more sips of industrial waste. Ah, maybe, maybe I can turn them cancers against one another. That's what you got to hope for, you know, that you get more than one cancer, so they eat each other up instead of you. In fact, the way I look at it, the more cancer you got, the healthier you are. of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Oh, 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco an underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. 
Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl! Are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The Night Space brings you high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Story Time Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. Carl, test, test. Carl, Carl, test, test. Yeah, you're all buzzy. I got to call back. All right, call back. Bye. Okay, bye. From 10 p.m. to midnight, join me in my quest to escape from the occult oubliette, a world of violence, intrigue, sexuality, mysticism, magic, and leftover spaghetti. Enjoy my insane rants about leftist causes, Midwestern witchcraft, the ascendancy of Skynet, and why neo-paganism is vastly overrated. I've got guests, music, comedy, and old Alan Watts lectures from the 70s. How can you resist? You can't. I put a spell on you. Ah! MutinyRadio.fm is an official shrine of the miraculous garlic of Mount Cavalry. Test, 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 test. That sounds good. Carl, speak up. I have a little echo. Oh, you do? Did you say speak up? I can speak up. Can you speak up? (laughs) All right, listen, I can throw up. I'm going to call back one last time. All right. No, All no, right. actually, I don't hear the, the echo anymore. Okay, call me back. Bye. Six to eight with me no, no, host Trina on. Roderick. It's where um, people go, and sometimes they smell bad, and sometimes they don't smell bad. Mutiny Radio made me great. <laughs> Mutiny Radio made me better than you. And that you can be better than everyone else, too, every Friday from 6 to 8 on Happy Hour here at Mutiny Radio. But you'll bet never be better than me. You'll never be better than me. you never be better than Zach. And you also, it's a happy hour, but we don't have any alcohol, so it's...
once the nameless apprentice forced into the dark side black star fighter exposing jedi tricks in the silence of the cypher sniper when i'm out of i would close optic fibers vibrant vibrant taking over every individual cell of his vessel like he ready to return the rental transcendental pass on the message to the kinfolk he had no regrets please accept this still make the song cry Chopping up classics like Sondheim on Alzheimer's. God through a dog's eye. Every rap is a ransom note from the mind of a small child. Diamond for an eye, a tooth for a dentist. Post five called a Heimer, Bentley with bricks in it. Prevent me. They richer than Nixon and fixing and Nixon be mixing the remedy. No protect the contemporary. Samuel L. Beck will be writing the endgame manifesting from memory. Leaving marks on history. We all call to assembly. Must be me. Free speech. Fuck TV. We live and experiment. Tuskegee. Rust cleaning. Breezy. WD. World domination. My brothers and me. Plus 40s. Just three, please. Leo plus breezy. Thus green leaves. An untold consortium of warlocks. Concocting war plots. From my second floor block with the doors locked. Completely unseen deep. With the ocean floors hot. Someone's going to volcano. is done sleeping. four-minute critiques from everyone get positive by host Pam Benjamin pump those dick jokes every Thursday 7 to 9 with true hustle Thursdays hashtag THC that's hashtag THC D you want more open mics Fridays 6 to 8 happy hour with guest host and George D Smith pew 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 Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother.
take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Are you tired? are all in and the peaches are rotten the oranges are packed in the creosote dumps they're flying them back to the Mexican border to save all their money Good. then wait back again Good morning mutineers this is the bee and you're listening to Labor and Love Radio on mutinyradio.fm just the same they died in the hills and they died in the valleys somewhere to heaven without any name goodbye to my one goodbye rosalita adios mi amigo jesus maria you won't have a name when you ride the big airplane all they will call Some of us are illegal and others not wanted Our work contracts out and we have to move on 600 miles to the Mexican border They chase us like rustlers, like outlaws, like thieves Goodbye to my one, goodbye Rosalita Adios mi amigo, Jesus Maria
sky plane caught fire over Los Gatos Canyon. A fireball of thunder, it shook all the hills. Who are all of these dear friends scattered like dry leaves? The radio said they were just deportees. Adios, Good morning, everyone. This is the Labor and Love Show. Welcome to you. Goes on, huh? He was waiting for and the bus in his army green set down in a Washington. cafe there gave his order to a girl with a bow it's in her hair. He's a little shy, power. so she give him a smile and he said, Would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me? I'm feeling a little low. She said, I'm off in an hour and I know where we can go.
One Friday night at a football game, the Lord's Prayer said in the anthem, sang a man said, folks, would you bow your heads for a list of local Vietnam dead?
Bobby, 
Okay, Eddie James there. And you know you got to serve somebody. Good morning, everyone. This is The Bee. Welcome to Labor and Love Radio on Mutiny Radio. And mutinyradio.fm. Coming at you this morning from 2781 21st Street in the Meadow Meadow, the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco. This is the show where we tell you like it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, wherever you work, you're probably on the menu and never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor and when I say labor I mean you good morning everybody we had uh, our opening set there started out of course with deportees deportees by the highwaymen highwaymen None other than Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christofferson. Quite a group there. Johnny Cash singing lead there on Just Deportees. Much more about that in a bit. We had, then we had Traveling Soldier by the Dixie Chicks about to the fact that every day somewhere American troops are involved in wars every day this is for those soldiers who are out there and also to get them back home wars where workers of one class shoot down workers of another class thin out the possibility of resistance to capitalism and last we had Etta James queen of the blues gotta serve somebody the Bob Dylan classic reminds us that yes, your indecision, your hesitation, serve someone by just standing around, you're rushing backwards. Okay, now I remarked about that case. We're talking about that case of uh, deportees and. This is, the song, of course, relates the fact that even though these people have come to the United States and worked, you know, they're uncelebrated. No one remembers them. Just barely their names, and other than that, they'll be just deportees. The song was written by Woody Guthrie and popularized by Pete Seeger. Since then, it's been recorded by virtually everybody. In the certainly in the country and western genre. Um, anyway, a, a Chicano writer named Tim Z. Hernandez decided that, yeah, that wasn't good enough. He wanted to go and find out who these people were. 
this is part of a uh, an interview on Latino USA on NPR. Here we go. 32 people on the plane, four Americans, including three crew members and an immigration official, and 28 migrant farm workers. Everyone died that morning, all in the same way. But they were not all treated the same after death. The 28 Mexican field workers on that plane were known as braceros. They had come here at the request of the U.S. government and were headed back to Mexico, but didn't make it. After the crash, only the remains of the four Americans were sent back to their families. The Mexican citizens were buried in a mass grave in California under a tiny plaque that read, 28 Mexican citizens who died in an airplane accident near Colinga. 28 Mexican citizens. That's all they would call them. And for decades, that's all there was. No one identified the remains of the 28 passengers. No one asked for their families. No one really paid attention until a Mexican-American author came along and it became personal. From NPR and Futuro Media, this is Latino USA. I'm Fernanda Chavarri, guest hosting today's episode, where we go back 70 years to find out the names of those 28 unnamed people and find out how one man made it his life mission to give them names. And to do that, I'm joined by producer Maggie Freeling. Hi, Maggie. Hey, Fernanda. So when you and I found out about this incident that took place 70 years ago, we were talking about how these people were virtually forgotten. They were nameless in death and in the news. But the crash itself, it turns out that more people might know about it than they realize. Goodbye to my one, goodbye, Rosalina. Adios, mi amigos. And it's all because of one song that kept the story alive throughout the decades, a song that has a very long, confusing title. Deportee, parentheses, plane wreck at Los Gatos. And it's sung here by Pete Seeger, a super famous American folk music icon. 600 miles to that Mexico border. But Pete didn't write the song. He just made it famous in the 1950s. Pete's good friend Woody Guthrie wrote it. When Woody heard about the crash on the radio, he felt this strong sense of injustice. So he wrote his feelings down as a poem, and it later became the song. Who are these friends who are scattered like dried leaves? The radio said they were just deportees. These kinds of poems and lyrics were not unusual for Woody Guthrie. He was always sort of a revolutionary. Woody was kind of the embodiment of your quote-unquote everyman in the sense that he lived and worked and wrote and traveled among the people. I'm Nora Guthrie, and I'm Woody Guthrie's daughter. We called Nora to find out why Woody wrote this. There was a very strong similarity between the migrant workers in the 1930s and the Okies in the 1930s. The Okies were farmers in Arkansas, Kansas, Tennessee, and, of course, Oklahoma. They lost their homes during the Dust Bowl and migrated to California. Woody Guthrie was one of these people. When Woody came to California, he was homeless, living in tents and little tin shacks. 
And so were the Mexican field workers. <laughs> They're kind of all in the same boat. And I think that just instinctively, he connected with their plight. He didn't start out to be political. He started out just being curious. So he would always dig further and further uh, into the news reports. And that was what happened with the plane wreck at Los Gatos. Somewhere along the way, Pete Seeger, who was Woody's friend, got a hold of the poem, set it to music, and started singing it. Then the song got huge. It took on a life of its own and was covered by dozens of musicians. Johnny Cash, Johnny Rodriguez. The crops are all in, and the peaches are rotten. Dolly Parton. The oranges are piling. Joan Baez. So Bob Dylan. Woody's son, Arlo Guthrie. So you have all these super famous all-American music icons singing about Mexican farm workers in the 1940s. And it's really crazy because this song was sung throughout the decades, and yet nobody bothered to find out who these people were. And my father left a lot of songs like this. Sometimes I call them like seeds to be harvested by the next generation. So the, the thing is that he left this song with the question, why weren't the deportees named? These are the words I kept sort of, I kept humming in my head. All they will call you will be deported. All they will call uh, I'm Tim Hernandez, and I'm the author who's been working on this plane wreck at Los Gatos for the last uh, seven years. And the name of your book is? The name of my book is All They Will Call You. So here's where Tim comes in. He's a professor and an author, so he's always sort of digging for stories. One day, Tim was doing research for something unrelated back in 2010 when he came across a newspaper article. And it said 100 people see an airplane fall out of the sky, ship plunge to earth, and, and it was a farm labor accident. So Tim was like, weird, that sounds familiar. And he realized that it was the same story as the one he knew from the song. And the same way that Woody Guthrie was bothered by the injustice decades ago, Tim too wanted resolution for the families of the victims. So Tim set off on a quest. You know, I just let my curiosity sort of pull me, and I began to ask, who is all, and who are they, and what do they call you? And, and that's uh, that's just what kept me going. That was a, a quest that over the years became more and more personal for Tim, as he saw the similarities between his life growing up in the Central Valley and the migrant farm workers who died that day. You know, growing up, the son of migrant farm workers, I saw firsthand the moments where my family uh, felt voiceless, and um, and I started to see them play out as I got older, not beyond my family. I'd see them play out in the broader community, you know. Tim put himself in the shoes of these 28 families and thought, this could have been me. This could have been my family. I was born and raised here in California's San Joaquin Valley, the agricultural hub here. Uh, my parents were actually migrant farm workers originally from South Texas and New Mexico. You know, kind of growing up with migrant family, uh, you know, we traveled a lot, quite a bit, working in different fields and different harvests um, throughout the year. And my parents did that pretty much, uh, you know, up until, I don't know, I was about maybe eight or nine. And although Tim's family didn't participate in the Bracero program, they did spend generations working the fields in Texas and California. Farming is America's biggest industry. 
all such farm jobs which are tough, dirty, or unpleasant are generally referred to as stoop labor. The Bracero program, to summarize, was a seasonal worker program that was a sort of amicable agreement between the U.S. and Mexico that went on from the early 40s to the mid-60s. At that time, the U.S. desperately needed workers to pick fruits and vegetables. It isn't easy to find men willing to take on such undesirable kinds of work. Understandably, then, the American farm labor supply falls short and is supplemented by Mexican citizens. So they gave Mexican farm workers temporary permits to come here and do the work. Millions of Mexican workers came and went. When the harvesting season was over and the U.S. government didn't need them anymore, they would send them back by train or fly them by plane. And that morning, that's exactly what was happening. Those 28 migrant workers were flying from San Francisco to El Centro, right on the border with Mexico, in a U.S. government chartered plane. So based on Tim's research and interviews with the families over the years, here's what happened after the crash. Officials recovered as many scattered body parts as they could. Then, they formally notified the families of the four Americans and sent them caskets of pieced-together remains, some as far as upstate New York. As for the Mexican passengers, the leftover body parts were also put in caskets, but they were not sent back to Mexico. They were buried in that mass grave we mentioned earlier, 14 on one side, 14 on the other, in Fresno, California. So the Mexican passengers' bodies were never repatriated. Some families in Mexico were notified by the Mexican government via letter. Others only heard about it on the radio. It's unclear exactly how each of the families found out, and if they even knew where their loved ones were buried. We reached out to the Mexican government officials at the embassy in D.C., but were denied an interview. Of course, we weren't going to find people working there who were working for the Mexican government 70 years ago, but we wanted to know how the government handled this. An official said via email that today their policy is to help families in Mexico find funeral homes and cremation services in the U.S., and that based on the family's financial need, the Mexican government can help them pay for part of the cost of getting their remains back to Mexico. We also wanted to know how only some of the victims of the crash ended up identified. So to find out, we flew to meet Tim Hernandez in California. This is all cattle territory up here. It's uh, Los Gatos Canyon. It's all ranchers. In fact, Larry's um, family were cattle ranchers up there. They correct. were. And oh my so, God, did you see the baby cows? I'm sorry. I know. They were the cutest little baby cows. <laughs> did you see the big long horns earlier? Yes. Yeah. We're driving to Colinga about an hour southwest from Fresno with Tim and his friend Larry Hawes. Larry's a Harley-riding, leather-vest-wearing white guy. He's sort of Tim's sidekick and an unofficial historian of his own family, the family that owned the property where the plane crashed 70 years ago. It's hard. Every turn looks the same here, unless you know exactly where the crash happened. So then that's what prompted me to want to call, find Larry's the Gaston family, so that I could identify exactly where it happened. Uh, I have to ask, what are we driving through? What is, what is this? This is called the oil patch, and this is the Kalinga oil field. And uh, this is, uh, Kalinga is actually Coline Station A. Oil was actually discovered here. And today, there's a whole bunch of industrial oil derricks covering a huge part of a barren desert area. The plane would have been able to see these oil derricks as it was coming in here this way. And because he had crash landed that airplane twice before, it, 
it makes sense that one could actually, you know, you could surmise from that that he was more than likely looking for a strip of dirt to land on. There's nothing you could do. Crash landed it twice. <laughs> that same exact airplane he had crash landed twice before. Okay, so it wasn't the exact plane, but the kind of plane, a Douglas DC-3, which back in the 30s and 40s was a pretty revolutionary plane. Frank Atkinson, the pilot, was used to flying and crash landing the DC-3. So he thought he could land that plane again. And he might have been able to, if all that was wrong was a plane malfunction. But... Plane wing broke off and it started spinning out of control and throwing people out. Here? Yeah, we are. We're going through the barbed wire fence. All right. I'm so short. This barely works. <laughs> this is the actual crash site, and this was where the main bodies were at, and dead people were everywhere right where we're standing. Larry wasn't born when the plane crashed, but growing up, he heard stories about that day and about how his family raced to the scene to help in any way they could. Larry's mom and his Aunt June were little girls at the time. His Aunt June was nine years old when she saw the wreckage and is the only surviving witness in Larry's family. June was standing, you know, not too far off here looking at and I witnessing all this. June is turning 80 soon, and she still remembers it all in very graphic detail. So we called her to get her account of what happened. We saw bushes with brains hanging on it, and my thought then, as a little girl, that looks like decorating a Christmas tree. It was just all over with these brains. At the time, June didn't realize the impact this would have on her beyond the trauma of witnessing a crash. Do you remember, as you got older, learning more about it? I do remember because my mother was following it in the papers. And I remember her shortly after that saying, this has become an international incident because they've buried all of these uh, people together in a mass grave. Then that really occurred to me how really terrible that was, that they were just demeaning these people because they weren't us. By leaving their name off, I finally came to see what an insult it was. Tim also felt like the 28 people who died that day were not treated humanely or equal to the families of the American passengers. So he wanted to right that wrong. Tim felt that these braceros were sort of invisible in life. And then in death, they weren't even given a name. In some big dream I might have in the future, maybe put us some kind of a headstone marker with their names on it. So first, he went to the cemetery in Fresno where the mass grave is. He wanted to see the plot. So he asked Carlos Rascón, the cemetery director, to show him. After they walked over and saw the tiny plaque in the back of the cemetery that read 28 Mexican citizens, Tim asked Carlos to see the cemetery's ledger of names. Surely the cemetery would have a record of who was buried there, right? But when Carlos pulled it out of the archives... It just said, you know, uh, Mexican nationals 28 times. At this point, Carlos also wanted to find their names. He wanted to know who was buried in his cemetery. So Carlos joined Tim on his search, which led them to one more place, the Hall of Records in Fresno. 
That's the place that keeps all birth and death certificates. And it was there that they were finally able to get a list of names. But they quickly realized that list was unreliable. In Mexico, you usually have two last names, your maternal last name and paternal last name, and so many of them were treated as first names. There was somebody with the last name Lara that was turned into a woman named Laura, and many of the names in Spanish were turned into Italian names. So they knew right away this list was botched. The fact that they were misspelled, it kind of maybe shows a little bit of who might have been behind the pin or the books. Sure enough, there had always been a list with the names. But why didn't it make it to the cemetery? I would think that it's just, it was a very sad oversight, I would say. So there they were with an actual list of names in their hands for the first time, and it was wrong. But then... Carlos remembered that every November, on the Day of the Dead, someone came by to leave flowers at the mass grave. Someone was visiting a loved one. This was Tim's first real clue that these people were not totally forgotten. He wanted to find who that person was. So Tim put out a call on the local paper in Fresno that said, if you or someone you know is related to any of the 28 Mexican passengers who died in that plane crash in 1948, contact me. And someone did. That's coming up after the break. Okay, and uh, we'll take a break here too. Play the rest of that later in the show. So far, Tim, Tim Hernandez, the uh, Chicano writer, has decided to find out the names of those people and not leave them just being deportees. Uh, great story. Okay, here's some poetry by Jack Kerouac. Steve Allen. I had a slouch hat top one time. I had a slouch hat too one time. The old slouch hat. I just keep walking around, and he keeps walking around with me, around and around that necktie counter we went. When it rained, I wore my old slouch hat. It was a good felt that I uh, had to carry through many rainy days, late fall and early spring. Perhaps it was a rainy day and the house dick might have saw my hat. Each tie on that ring worth six bucks. Brooks Brothers, 60 bucks worth of ties. Slacks with peculiarities. I couldn't even find a pair of slacks I thought it was suitable to wear. Wrapped one pair around me and pinned it in with a safety pin. <laughs> Pulled up my trousers and went out and looked at myself in the mirror. Oh no, those won't do. And I walked out. Wrapped the slacks around my waist. Took two other pair, went to the mirror, threw them at the salesman. No, those won't do. Good afternoon, and walked out. The slouch hat I got at Harvard Club, Yale Club, Princeton Club, or one of the other Dartmouth Club, University Club. Always barred the Yacht Club, because it was a little over my kin. Because the doorman knew that only Mr. Astor, Mr. Vanderbilt, and Mr. Whitney belonged. He couldn't say, good morning, Mr. Astor, because he knew I wasn't Mr. Astor. I always figured a way to heal into those other clubs. Not only a member of who's who, 
but a who's who also have to be a member of who's who in New York in the special clique of who's. <laughs> I get in the athletic club many times. And I'd go up in the billiard room, and I would wander back around the room, hands and back, and every coat rack I backed up against the field for the wallet. One day I walked out of there with 10 wallets. Bellboy looking me over. Pretty soon, a very dignified-looking gentleman come up and buzzed the bellboy. He says, who? And I says, man told me his name while we're drinking at the bar and told me to meet him in this billiard room in the athletic club. I don't see him, so I best I better go. Well, tell me about the old slouch hat. Oh, one of my numerous trips to one of the numerous clubs in New York City. The hat finally was left in the hotel, which I had to leave rather hurriedly one night, never to return. So the hat was given to the cast-offs of the hotel, which they collect in rummage cells. May now be worn by one of the members of Skid Row, New York City, the Bowery. I seen that hat by moonlight. Yeah. I had a pointed mustache, and I mean pointed, half inch from here. Double-breasted vest and a derby hat and striped trousers, English shoes, black, very pointed. They were Hannah shoes. People on Broadway turn and look at me. The worst is yet to come. I had a pince knee with a long black ribbon to my buttonhole. And I wore a carnation, white or red. Boy, did I look like something. A year later, I got caught. I was dressed differently and everything, but boy, that mustache and that pince necks was really out of this world. I used that outfit six months. Finally had to pack it in because it was too well worn. Pincenay was in a coat I stole. Mustache I grew in the sanitarium while taking one of my numerous drug cures. My mother come to see me, she says, oh no, cut it off. I'm just having a little fun, mother. Took it on the lamb and went to Canada. Late at night, I'm full of morphine and I come down full of goofballs too. This guy had a ventriloquist doll and he gave out this Texas Guinan routine. Hello, sucker. We like your money as well as anybody else's. As a matter of fact, the bigger you roll, the more we take you. He used to get everybody interested with the doll and cut out silhouettes, put stripes in your tie. Wound up in his room, gave him a shot of morphine. Out on the highway, I thumbed the ride into Buffalo, and I put the bum on the guy for something to eat. He said, eat in my drugstore. So we went in the back, and he had corn on the cob and boiled potatoes. Say, fella, I always hear people talk about morphine. What's it look like? He shows me. He had a key, a cabinet. He had bottles of hundreds, quarter grains, half grains, pentapon, dilated, everything. As soon as he tended the customers, I emptied the bottles. Got out of there pretty quick, bought a safety pin and buffalo, and took a shot in the toilet. Come out and saw a fella shaving, his coat hanging there. Hung my own coat and gave his coat a brush in my hand. Felt his wallet, washed my hands, went out and took off with the wallet. So I started out on a shoplifting campaign in Buffalo. It was about 1910. Wasn't very experienced at it. Started out with a top coat and sold it in a taxi cab stand. Next day, I decided to get myself some suits, and I went up and I had a suit box, and I walked about and put the suit box in one of the dressing rooms, looked and fooled in the mirror, went out, and I hawked those two. Next day, like a damn fool, go out to the same store, but I got a newspaper instead of a suit box. Thought I'd try a new routine. Two guys kind of watching me. I went in, wrapped myself up, two suits, went in the elevator. Bottom gentleman tapped me on the arm. Will you come with me, please? 
And the county jail, they ate breakfast, you got oatmeal, with one spoonful of molasses. For lunch, stew, mostly bones, graveyard stew. And for supper, dinner at night, beans. And you couldn't smoke. Tampoco es que yo exija Ni tierras, ni riquezas Más que estar recibiendo Me gusta regalar Tan solo estoy pidiendo Ojalá comprendiera que estoy desesperada buscando quien se entregue como me entrego yo.
a random set we had uh, first of all Jack Kerouac from an album that he made with uh, Steve Allen uh, the pianist uh, poetry for the beat generation that was Slouch Hat by Jack Kerouac and then from uh, Jenny Rivera the late Jenny Rivera late of uh, Born and raised in Long Beach, California. And the bad news this week for her ex, Esteban Loyasa, Loyasa, hope I'm getting that right, who was a pitcher uh, for a while, a very accomplished pitcher, an all-star, started the all-star game for the American League, won 20 games with the Chicago White Sox. Uh was arrested in just across the border here in California with a big catch of uh, cocaine that was in a uh, in a secret room in his house Jenny sang ni princesa ni esclava I'm not a princess but I'm not a slave just a woman and John Fromer there another late Comrade, brother, John Fromer, uh, with We Do the Work. What I want to do now is finish the Deportees uh, documentary. Uh, Tim Z. Hernandez's attempt to find out who those 28 deportees were, the ones who are sung about in the famous Woody Guthrie song. Here we go. What does it take to start something from nothing? And what does it take to actually build it? I'm Guy Raz. Every week on How I Built This, I speak with founders behind some of the most inspiring companies in the world. Find it on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts.